I'm Alana. And I'm Lady. And this is Foodery. Any more of those we're going to be doing this season. Oh, that was our last one! I know! It is a really bittersweet. Uh, uh, our last one for season one, but don't worry. Season two, it's not changing. No. It's, it's still happening. Yeah, right around the corner, baby. We'll be right back at it before you know it. Oh, yeah. We just we just got to get that, that sweet, sweet time to get our episodes in order, because we don't know what we're doing. We don't know. No one knows what they're doing. <laughs> but what we do know is that you are listening to Postmortem Part 2, so welcome back, spooky listeners. Welcome back back everybody welcome back to recap central where we talk about everything that we've already talked about but again <laughs> but again yes <laughs> if you liked the first episode you're gonna love this <laughs> we're just talking about it again we're talking about it again um last episode we talked about episodes one through eight i believe mm-hmm. yeah all the way up to taily po which was really awesome like i it was nice to revisit our like our older cases because like we recorded those a long long time ago right and it's like a lifetime yeah, ago um, I feel like it's been like a, at least a year. You brought up Ouija board, and I'm like, huh? That's I know. Still I was season like, one? What was my first episode? Wasn't like Bonnie and Clyde or something? <laughs> Gosh. Uh, no, but Ouija board, I think, because Ouija board we recorded a really, really long time ago, because we recorded episode zero and episode one, like before two, three, and four. Like, a, there was a lot of time between those, because we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what the format was. I didn't know yeah. how I wanted to edit these. So, yeah. Lots like, of practice, lots of trial and error behind the scenes. Yeah, and man, it, I think it turned out great, but we have a lot of just, we, we have a lot of, um, I guess, growing pains to show for it, but it, like, yeah. what did I, what, what a, it was, a, it's been an amazing learning experience. I think every episode has just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. Our banter's gotten real good. Yeah, uh, heck yeah. <laughs> better every episode. It really is, because I think we're not afraid anymore. I think, especially episode one, I think we were so afraid to, like, interrupt each other. We're like, oh, no, after you. Wait, no, please, no, no, please excuse me. I'd, like, raise my hand. Like, can you see me? <laughs> Call like, hello, you're ready? And I'm like, I'm talking about fertilizer. You can't interrupt me right now. <laughs> I got here just get in the zone, and then I like I've been talking for two hours. You know, just like I had a question, but it's it's fine. It's fine. Oh gosh, who were the Fox uh, sisters again? Who are they? <laughs> they were two hours in. Oh, oh dear, uh, but it's been good. It's been a really awesome experience. It's been awesome going down memory lane with you, ma'am. It's been a lot of fun. It has, and been. yeah, now we get to talk about our second half of the season, which is our more recent uh, time period where we remember everything it's true yeah we'll see we'll see the differences between the two how how many questions we really had between the first half and the first half and the second half i'm gonna be honest i only have three pages of notes um <laughs> but that as we've discovered we that doesn't mean anything so. i didn't think this would be a two-parter and yet here we are yes i thought we would fit this all comfortably in one episode but here we are i thought this would be maybe 45 minutes like i was like <laughs> literally give every case like five minutes we're just gonna like be like oh yeah we did that case great and i mispronounced this oh yeah and i read this wrong and perfect next case and here we I are th- I think we're 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 so eager to just reminisce. I think it's been a lot of fun to like just think about these cases again and how they made us feel and what we learned from them and how they inspired for, uh, further cases. So it's true, and yeah, we are this. It, we're putting our season one to bed, so we're taking our time with it and we're enjoying it. So sue us. Yeah, it's it's a very different thing. We're very chill. We have no we have no script. I have like six bullet points that I'm reading from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's different. It's it's very freeform. If this isn't for you, you can listen to our actual scripted episodes. That's the entire season before us. 
Um, but yeah, I think we'll go into this uh, with a very hefty spoiler alert. Yeah. We're talking about every single episode we've talked about <laughs> up until now. Um, we're not really stopping to explain anything, so if you didn't want any episodes, like unspoiled please go listen to them before you listen to this episode yeah there's no context in this episode so if you were looking for any context you're not gonna find it here and you're gonna be so confused it yes we are literally like just jumping from point to point there is nothing going on if you've listened to part one already if you haven't listened to part one already don't listen to this episode <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> like it's it's fine I, but i also recognize that not every episode is for every person there's a, especially in the later half we had some really heavy episodes we had hinter kaifek we had ed kemper if you couldn't listen to these episodes if these were too close to home or these were a bit too heavy for you all of our episodes are going to be time stamped i will put them down in the show notes you can see exactly when each episode is if so if there's stuff that you want to skip that's okay absolutely but if there's stuff that you don't want to skip but you haven't listened to the episode please go listen to that episode because there's none of this is gonna make any sense. No, you're not gonna know who Sheila is. <gasps> you bring up the name Sheila in this house. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know. They don't know unless unless they go watch the episode. Watch, listen, listen. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's ten thirty at night. I don't know what I'm doing. It's only ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me. Oh my god. Oh my. Uh, man. But yes, uh, welcome. I guess. The next thing that we should we should just get straight into it, right? Let's just get into episodes nine and ten, Hinterkaifeck. Hinterkaifeck. All right, let's do it. So, as it is tradition with me, I have uh, I got a couple things wrong, <laughs> and I'm going to address my mistakes. Oh shit! Sure. <laughs> so much like Bonnie and Clyde, I got some dates wrong okay. uh, <laughs> that I would like to fix. It happens. So. It happens. I'm I'm not perfect. I got very excited, and apparently 18 and 19 are very easily swappable. Yes, they are. Uh, so, in my script, I believe I said the farm was acquired in 1977. It's 1877. Okay. So not correct. A whole hundred years before that. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense with the timeline of the rest of everything that panned out. Yep. You know, it all, you know, <laughs> weirdly enough, the, we went back in time for a hot minute. Uh... <laughs> I also said that Cecilia Gruber, uh, the elder, the grandmother, mm -hmm. was born in 1949. She was not. She was born in 1849. That also makes sense. It, the timeline <laughs> adds up. And um, her first child, Cecilia's first child, was born in, um, in 1877 as well. But I said 1977 because that, that date just rolls around in my head rent free. <laughs> uh, uh, those are the only dates that I got wrong. So it was the first couple of dates I said 19 blank instead of 18 blank. Gotcha. Okay, easy mistakes, so no worries. Just, just subtract 100 years from those dates. Yeah, easy peasy. I can uh, do that. My next, yes, my next mistake was that um, Celie, uh, Celia Younger, um, I said she was seven when Victoria ran into the woods and she was a seven-year-old when she was looking for her mother. Yeah. She was not. She was nine. I got it two years wrong. Two years? She was so much more mature. Two years. She was so much more mature. She was equipped I to explore these woods at the tender age of nine. Yeah, I was reading chapter books by that age. Oh my god, look at you. <laughs> I don't I actually don't know what age she, I started reading chapter books at. That's probably like way too old. So like where you're like, wow, good for you. I, I just figured out the alphabet by <laughs> <Yeah>. then. <laughs> I was just potty trained. <laughs> I took my first steps. I don't know, no, children. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have no context for children, but I said that she was seven. She was nine. She was nine when everything kicked off. She died at the age of nine. Spoiler alert. Gotcha. It's a spoiler episode. Um... <laughs> 
those are my biggest uh, corrections. Very easy, very smooth. Um, this is also an episode that my parents like to make fun of me for because this is my mass murder episode. And in a part one, episode nine, not a single mass murder occurred. So it's the only mass murder episode to have no mass murder. Not a single murder occurred. Not a murder was had in episode nine. So It was like an hour and a half episode. It really was. It was an hour and a half. Not a single murder occurred. And then immediately episode 10 kicked off and I was like, and then they all died. So... Did I make up for it? I don't know. <laughs> but there you go. I didn't, There's a fun anecdote. <laughs> I literally didn't even notice until you brought that up. And now I'm like, wow, no, you're totally right. Like, the, the first episode was just a whole episode of context, which is great. It's, it you need it. It just context. <laughs> but, like, it's funny how that worked out. That's hilarious. Uh, like, even Bonnie and Clyde, there was theft and fraud in the first part. Yeah. But, like, no. Can you imagine I telling a Bonnie and Clyde story and not really, there's no theft? You're just sitting and, and waiting just... the whole time and an hour and a half goes by and then the episode ends and you're like, there was no theft there was no fraud there was was nothing it was just about the dust bowl (laughs) that's such a funny fact basically pulled i pulled a fast one on you guys there was no mass murder in episode nine but there we go there was all mass murder in episode 10 and you almost got away with it if it wasn't for your meddling parents (laughs) Uh, yeah my dad didn't look me in the eye and he's like i love this episode of mass murder with no mass murder in it i was like you got me (laughs) he had to call you on it oh my god you know, that's what I, I appreciate the fact that my parents will call me out for dumb mistakes like a cell phone in the 1970s and no mass murder in episode nine. I, I thank you. Thank you for keeping me humble. No, someone needs to do it. It's beautiful. Oh, man. Thank you, Spookery Father. We appreciate you. Thank you. Um, those are my only corrections for Hinterkaifeck. This is this was a really interesting one because this one. I got a lot of, like, mixed messages with this episode. A lot of people absolutely fucking loved this episode, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were like, ooh, this was really dark, and I didn't like this. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. This, this is not your episode. Yeah. Um, but the people who loved it got obsessed with it. Yes. And it's amazing. The people who got into this, the theories that were flying, like, people were coming at me like, have you heard this theory? Did you see this? I need to talk to you about <laughs> this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So... There's the, we, we even had a couple of uh, questions for this one. Um, mostly about Schlittenbauer's second wife, Anna. Yeah, who the heck happened to her? And this, weirdly, like, I, shout out to my friend Gabby, because she, as soon as she finished listening to this episode, she immediately was like, I need to talk to you right now. <laughs> and, we, and we sat on the phone for, like, two hours, and we just chatted about Hinterkaifeck, which is, like, something that friends should do, obviously. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, and she was like, I loved this episode, but I agree with you, I don't think it was... Lorenz. I don't think it was Lorenz. I'm like, thank you. You're the only person who agreed with me up until this point. Because Alana did not agree with me. <laughs> um, but she, bless her, she was so astute. She pointed things out to me that I didn't even think about it in the moment. Yeah. I want to know. She, she, okay, so she, the thing that really stuck with me is like Lorenz Schlittenbauer was big in this town, Hinterkaifeck. Yeah. And everyone knew who he was. Everyone knew where he was. Mm-hmm. So if he was living in somebody's attic, somebody would have noticed. Yeah, that's true. People would have noticed if anybody was going missing for periods of time, especially Lorenz, because when he had a new wife and new kids that he just inherited, they came with the new wife. He had his own kids. And, you know, so him being in the attic, him living in the attic isn't feasible in my mind and this is, bless you thank you Gabby for the amazing theory yeah she also 
mention something. Because, man, like, sometimes it just takes that third person, right? She was like, I think the nanny is definitely a catalyst in this story. And it's something that we kind of, like, briefly touched upon, but we kind of glossed over a little yeah. bit because we were so focused arguing about the newspaper. Yes, yes. Um, and she made a really good point. It's like, the nanny, there's been no nanny in this house for a long time. And suddenly this nanny moves in the day that this nanny moves in and the whole family gets annihilated. Yeah. That feels a little too coincidental. Yeah. Right? Like it that, does. It's a bit on the nose. And me and Gabby were chatting about this and we were like, okay, well, how does one get into the attic? Where's the entrance to the attic in this house? Yeah. Because they're not in the floor plans. There are none of the pictures I posted. There's no obvious way to get into this attic. There's just this attic space. That's a good point. And Gabby, bless, uh, I can't shout you out enough, Gabby. Um, she made the observation as, what if the entrance to the attic was in the nanny's room? Oh. Or right in front of the nanny's room in the hallway. And suddenly this person who's living in the attic, whoever they are, their only way out of this space that they're living in that they're basically like sneaking glances and spying on this family yeah suddenly they're not able to get out anymore or perhaps they don't know that somebody's moved in there's this nanny they try and leave the attic and there's just a woman yeah in, the, in this room who sees him and before she can freak out or alert someone he has to kill her but then that that cycles the events yeah that's and, and it, wow it's such a cool... It's like it's something we didn't even, like, consider. No, and it makes it up. so... Like, logistically and, like, logically, it just... It, like, wow. Wow. That adds so, up really well. And it's like, yeah, yeah no, so, that would... You, like you said, this person is just helping themselves, doing this thing, and all of a sudden an extra person shows up and screws up their routine, and it, everything just gets chaotic real fast. Yeah, and I think this is something that me and Gabby talked about. It was like, this feels... It's so it's such a weirdly personal crime yeah like a whole family being eradicated and then the whole farm being cared for for days and days and days it's almost too personal yeah it's too personal so it's probably just a stranger it's too personal to be personal in a weird way it's like this person created that did this horrible act and lashed out but then now they have the liberty of time yeah. And it's like, okay, now I can be thorough. Now I can clean. Now I can... I have three... He had three days to do to yeah. do whatever he wanted in this farm. And this is something that I got thinking about after this conversation is, like, who said that they where they were found is where they died? Yeah. And what if them, the, I think, four members of the family being in the barn, that was just part of cleanup. That's not where they were killed. That's just where they were found. Yeah, like he was just guilty and didn't want to, like, stare at the people that he killed, so he was just dragging all the bodies away. Yeah, and maybe he was cleaning room by room. Maybe, like, he killed the parents in their master bedroom, and he cleaned the master bedroom. He changed the sheets, he reset everything, and moved the bodies to the barn. Maybe he killed Victoria in the kitchen, cleaned the whole kitchen, moved Victoria into the barn. Maybe he killed... And it's it's one of those things where we, we don't know, because yeah. Lorenz even admitted to moving the bodies. Yeah. The bodies were moved. The, everything was compromised. Yeah. And this killer had three days to just meticulously clean and fix and, and sort. 
and there's very little gore for the crime that it was. Yeah. It's a very suspicious, like, it's a very suspiciously clean crime scene, whether it was these influx of people being all over the business, or was it someone had three days to just clean up what they made? Yeah. Man, Gabby, making some good-ass points. I'm... Yeah. That is, like, such a good theory, like you said, that we, like, kind of briefly touched on, but did not dive into at all. And like you said, just the beauty of that third head coming in and just shining some light on those areas that is just, we totally glossed over. Man. Gabby. And it's... GG. GG on that one. Yeah, no. Um, It was an amazing two-hour call. Thank you so much, Gabby. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it's just one of those things where we got so hung. I got so focused on trying to convince you that it wasn't Lorenz. Yeah. That I wasn't even thinking about the rest of the weird stuff that was going on. I was like, the newspaper! Yeah. Not even thinking about, how do you get into the attic? Yeah. How do you get in there? That is, just asking that question alone, it, like, opens up so many doors of, like, yeah, like, that, like you said, it's, like, if, if just any part of that, I don't know, like, plan was seen, if, I don't know, like, there's so many things, and it, we don't even know for sure it was in the nanny's room, but that a lot, that just, that whole sequence makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and if, like, I've looked at all of the crime scene photos, I didn't post a lot of them on Instagram, because they're very, like, grim, and there's dead bodies in them, and I don't like posting, like, pictures with bodies in them, mm-hmm. but you can find them. All of these crime scene photos that were taken mm-hmm. are eerily clean. And really? it's something that I didn't really even think about until I had this conversation with Gabby. They are clean, clean crime scene photos. Even, like, the bodies in the barn, there's no blood. It's just a bunch of bodies. I mean, I know that those ones in the barn, they're recreated because the bodies were moving. They don't know how they were found. Yeah. But there's no gore on the walls. There's no blood in the hay. There's no anything. In the, the nanny room picture, you can't see a lot of the ceiling, but there's no blood splatter. There's no pools of blood on the floor. There's no you know, blood seeping into the mattress that she was found in. It's a very clean photo. Which is weird, like you said, just because it's a very violent crime. Like, using the weapon that they did, like, there's no way that it didn't make a mess. Like, that it was a very deliberate act to clean that. Mm -hmm. Even, like, baby Jacob, like, um, you don't see baby Jacob's body in any of the crime scene photos, but you see the pram that he's in. Mm -hmm. The pram is clean. If I didn't know that there was a body in that, that little pram, I would have said it was just a really creepy photo. Yeah. But there's nothing. There's no blood. And it's a really... And I'm like, is that a crime scene investigator cleanup? Is that... But then what's the point of taking the photos if they've already cleaned it all up? You know, like, it's... Yeah, and it's like, is that people coming in and cleaning? Is it three days of a killer living in this house taking care of animals where they're just meticulously cleaning and moving bodies around? They're draining blood. They're... They're feeding the livestock. They're constantly moving around. They, there are people who said, like, oh, the barn was open, the barn was closed, the store was locked, the store wasn't locked. There's off there, just someone's clearly moving around. They're not, like, just cooped up in the attic for three days. They're moving around this farm. Gosh. But yeah. It really, it really makes you want to just be a little fly on the wall, right? Back then, and just yeah, be able to it's, just. It's one, of, it's, it's one of those cases that just haunts you. It's another, another haunter. Yeah. Uh, it really just having so many like like weird kind of passive witnesses like you said of seeing all these things and it's just kind of like and there's this person just kind of like creeping about like I don't know it's it's very it's a very chilling story yeah it's it, this one this one I think before Ed Kemper this was the toughest yeah yeah this one yeah was, this, this yeah this one was really really hard Ed Kemper is tough. Kemper, I think, it holds the crown currently, but Hinterkaifeck held it for a couple of days. Um, I think my last note for Hinterkaifeck that is still kind of churning through my head now is before 
everything went down before the nanny you know came in before everyone was annihilated Victoria ran into the woods two days before everything happened if we remember she saw something got into a fight with her father and fled into the woods and was in there the woods for a night Mm -hmm. what did she see yeah what would be so bad that she'd be willing to spend a night in the woods away from her family like what would be enough to instigate a fight with her father because I don't think it was just a fight with her if it was just a fight with her dad she would have locked herself in her room yeah or she would have put herself in the barn or she would have been somewhere in the farm but she saw something that scared her so badly that she had to run into the woods and her nine-year-old daughter had to go and find her and I wonder if if our first theory is correct with the guy living in the attic the nanny was blocking the entrance in some way and saw him what if the nanny was strike two what if Victoria saw the person first and the guy was like, no worries, everyone thinks she's a hysterical woman. She ran into the woods. She got into a fight with her father. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe her. But suddenly a second person solidifies the story. Yeah. I wonder. Well, then you gotta go. No. So Victoria and baby Yosef's room was possibly right next to the nanny's room. Maybe they shared a corridor. I need to look at the, these photos of the, the blueprints again. Mm-hmm. But maybe the entrance to the attic was right next to Victoria's room. But maybe like further, far enough away where the guy could still come and go easily enough. Yeah, and maybe he's maybe she saw him coming out of the nanny's room if the, the entrance is in the nanny's room. Yeah, and that freak, the Victoria's like, fuck. There's a person here that I don't know in in my house. I do not feel safe in my house. Yeah, and she's like, no, I'm not coming That's- home until you make sure this person's out of here. And they're like, no, there's no one there. And the, like, she's like, no, I saw. Yeah, so maybe nanny was struck too. Yeah, that'd be terrible. And the guy's like, "Oh no worries, I can I can write off Victoria as a histor- uh, hysterical woman." Maybe Victoria was the goal the whole time. Maybe it was a Victoria stalker who didn't live in town. And maybe Victoria was always the goal. Yeah. I don't know. She I mean, she was pretty brutalized, but like it wasn't as bad as the rest of the family. Yeah. Um but then suddenly there's this new person who he doesn't know, has no information on, doesn't know anything about her circumstances I think the uh, the nanny Maria her sister said that she had some sort of mental handicap mm. some sort of impairment mm-hmm. but if it's her first day the guy in the attic doesn't know that yeah he was just a person and he gets seen and he's like well that's yeah. it and he's like well strike two like, there's no there's no choice like this person there's this person wouldn't lie yeah this person isn't a hysterical woman this person is just what are the chances cute. of two hysterical women being here you know and it's like well yeah I think maybe there's something to that. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, my really awesome in-depth conversation with my friend Gabby. Shout out again. And uh, yeah, something more to think about. The I Doubling down, I don't think it's Lorenz. I don't think it's Lorenz's wife. I think it's a stranger. Yeah. Like you said, because of how, because of how brutally personal it was, I, it almost just seems like it was just a random, like, act of, yeah. like... I th- yeah, I think it was an act of panic. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there was a target. I don't think Andreas or Cecilia or Victoria or anybody in this house was the target. I think it was fuck. I'm gonna get caught. Yeah. And I just gotta. I gotta take him out. Yeah. And that's very unfortunate. Like you said, that it's just this like freak accident. Apparently, but the, who was this person? Yeah. I. I. I think I'm gonna double down on my stranger uh, theory. Was it someone that I mentioned? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. It, I think I mentioned a lot of people who do, do have connections to the family, mm-hmm. and 
I, I, I think I'm more likely to, I'm more inclined to believe that it was none of those people, just a complete someone stranger. who saw an opportunity. Yeah, someone who saw an opportunity to live in an attic, and then they didn't want to get caught. They didn't want to be found. Yeah, it was winter, right? There was footprints in the snow, and there was never any leading out, so it was probably cold. And it was just a drifter, like you said, that just it happened in March, I believe. Found a place to stay. Uh, yeah, the 31st of March. This is like beginning of spring. Gotcha. So still pretty cold. And like you said, if you yeah. you have nowhere else to go. And you find uh, just a random attic. Possibly. And maybe they're a repeat offender. Maybe they have a history of living in attics, but non-violently. They just creep, and they've been caught before. And maybe their name is, like, the, the, the German police are looking for them, or they're a known name, or people in this town didn't know this person, but they were more of a visitor. Yeah. And so maybe, like, this would have been, like, the last straw if, like, if they were caught this time around... Yeah. Maybe that would have been it. Maybe that would have been an execution or a lifetime in prison or whatever it was. It was enough. It, the fear of the punishment was enough to commit the murder. Yeah. All, like, like you said, all very, like, likely theories in their own way. It's crazy how many of those could just be, be the answer and are so easily played out in your head. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. That's, that's my, uh, my Hinterkaifeck reflection. Wow. And yeah, if you guys have more theories that you're thinking of, if you've got a two-hour phone call like lined up, <laughs> just hit us up. Oh, <laughs> no, but that is wonderful. Thank you so much again. Like you said, shout out to Gabby for giving us a new theory to discuss and to just plot over because that's wonderful. Yeah. All right. So moving right along to episode 11, mm. the Bermuda Triangle. Sure you, was. I loved this episode. It, it was a fun episode to do. I, I just, the Bermuda Triangle is just fun to talk about, I feel like. I know there is a lot of serious things about it. Like, real people have gone missing. Real people have died. It is unfortunate. But the actual speculation yeah. of just the theories of what, if anything, could be happening in the Bermuda Triangle. It's just one of those things where it's like, how, like, as a kid, you, you hear about it. You hear about that in quicksand, and you're like, why is no one solving these problems? What What is happening? There's just adults that are just going to work every day, and the Bermuda Triangle just exists. What? Like, it blows your mind. So it's just, it's fun as an adult to, like, yeah. bring it back up and be like, man, it's crazy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember being so stressed about the Bermuda Triangle as a kid. Like, why are we not talking about this? People are dying. dying. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I was excited to get to talk about this. Um, But before Mm. we get into the actual, any more theories or anything about the Bermuda Triangle, I have my correction for this. Um, So Mm -hmm. this was still going to be hard for me because my brain wants to say it wrong. (laughs) So the plane (laughs) plane that was actually in front of the Star Tiger, that was actually leading the Star Tiger, um, and kind of charting the path out in front of it, uh, I kept saying Lancasterian. It is the Lancastrian. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) that's how you say it. Okay, I'm I'm looking at Lady like, is that how you say it? Yes, please give me the approving nod. Yes. Perfect. Lancastrian. I also want to say Lancastrian because that was the first time I'd heard of the plane and then I was informed by everyone who knows better than me to be like, actually. There's no extra A. Why didn't you... Why didn't you address that? And I was like, I didn't see the script. I didn't write the story. I don't know. I just kept saying it that way. Because my brain wanted to say it that way. Um, And Lancastrian, it sounds right and it looks right as I'm looking at it. But my brain just inserted that extra A and just, it's been saying that way. Kind of like my raid. Oh, no. (laughs) Kind of like that word. That lady hasn't. No. My husband (laughs) corrected me on that the other day. Lady hasn't told me. Okay. Stepping away from the Bermuda Triangle for a hot second since we're addressing this live. 
Alana says my raid, and it's my favorite thing because it's not correct, and I've known that it's Myriad <laughs> since the dawn of time. But every time she says my raid, I get this stupid smile on my face, and I'm like, she's trying. God damn it, she's trying. My dyslexic so brain puts the A and the I in the wrong point. I was not going to address it, but but Corey, <laughs> Corey addressed it. I was going to see how many seasons we could go, but no, it's over now. <laughs> it's over. Oh my gosh, please, uh, other spooky listeners, save me from my own self and just tell me what I'm mispronouncing things, because I do it so uh, frequently. I would mispronounce my own name if didn't, someone didn't tell me how to say it. Like, it just... I. I, I think we're both guilty, ma'am. I think I, there's a couple of things I've mispronounced. I, I'm apparently I struggle with numbers. I can't say dates correctly. It's fine. Uh, you're like that's we'll that's just, totally a nine right there, and you're like, ma'am, that's an eight. It's totally an eight. It's like 1977 and 1999. Those were important dates, and then I look at my script and go, nope, they weren't. <laughs> Nothing happened those days. No, but those, you know, we are human, and that's why we always say if we have mistakes, you just you just gotta tell us, and that's why we have this episode is yeah. to address them, and we'll always own up to them as well. Like it, we're not like gonna like double down, like no, oh, we've yeah. been saying it correct the whole time. No. It's like yeah, like well, we won't edit it out of the episode because we like yeah, we're we're human, and like we'll own up to our mistakes. We'll per- permanently engrave our mistakes into our podcast. <laughs> yeah, but we will. We have we have this beautiful opportunity to fix them. So absolutely, I'm, I'm very happy about the recap episode and the opportunity to be able to fix those because I'm learning new things and I'm learning about the Lancastrian instead of the Lancasterian. It's got a, it's go. got a myriad my of problems. Yeah, it's got a myriad of things. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll probably keep saying myriad for now because I don't, it, my uh, brain's just not going to switch over to myriad. But. I will not, I will not correct you. <laughs> God damn it, lady. I love you. <laughs> I'll just smile coyly and then you'll either catch it or you won't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Spooky listeners, this is on you now. You have to take a big heckin' sip of water every time I say my raid. Yeah, we're playing a drinking game. Every time Alana, uh, Alana says my raid, we have to we have to take a take a shot. <laughs> but just of water, stay hydrated. Oh man! All right, but moving along, moving along. So the Bermuda Triangle, like I said, was a really really fun episode to be able to theorize it. You hear that? No. Are you are you being haunted? This is a huge crack of thunder just behind oh, me. I, just went, I could hear the little like rumbles a little bit after. It's still going. <laughs> I really hope my mic picked that up. That was so cool. But it was like, it like shook the, the wall behind me. I, was like, I thought your mirror started going. I was like, is it happening? <laughs> the mirror. No, the mirror's good. It's in my ceiling fan now. It's a completely different issue. <laughs> I don't know if that's better. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's worse. That that That's more likely to kill me. <laughs> it's getting more hostile. Yeah, it hasn't got me yet, though. It's when it's possessing yes. me that we've got a problem. Yes, please. <laughs> Please tell me if that starts being a problem, ma'am. You legally have to tell me if you're possessed. If you're possessed, you have to tell me. Yeah, you do. That's <laughs> if you're possessed, you legally have to. T- oh my god! You hear that? You hear that, demons? Fess up! Fess up! Oh. Uh, it is creeping closer to me, though. Uh, that's a problem for future me. So is the you know death and inevitability that we're all just gonna fade into nothing. Can't stop the march of time. It marches ever forward. You cannot stop it. <laughs> So we talked about so many different theories and possibilities. It was a fun, you know, conspiracy theory. I forgot that that was the topic I got was conspiracy theory. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go in a different direction with that and go Bermuda Triangle. 
I loved it. I loved every second of it, especially because like my my family is very rooted in like travel and oceans and planes and things. So like this is a f- not only was I stressed out of that as a kid, but I was a, <laughs> it was a relevant story as me as an adult. So no, I loved it. It was great, and uh, we were very graciously gifted a new theory. Kind of like how Gabby gave you a good one for Hinter Kaifek. Sai gave us one to talk about for this, actually, but in an awesome format. He actually drew us a picture of his theory. Oh, hell yeah. Which is incredible. It's so good. It's so good. So you can actually see that on our... Is it on our Instagram? It's not on our Instagram. It's on Sai's Instagram. It's on Sai's Instagram, which is... Linked down below. Which is linked down below. (laughs) So about this theory... Because it's a pretty great theory that we talked about on Sai's Instagram. So, this theory, it came to him in a dream. It's it's really cool. It depicts basically the island that we discussed um, with the inhabitants of the lighthouse going missing. I believe it was St. Isaac's Lighthouse. Yes. Oscar Isaac's Lighthouse. Oscar Isaac's Lighthouse, yes. Um, <laughs> so, Oscar Isaac's Lighthouse is actually the soul it's the center of the Bermuda Triangle and ships are drawn to this eerie lighthouse and they just sink to their death as they go towards this ghostly lighthouse I, planes I ships want, I want I want something about just a beacon a haunted lighthouse beacon right like a siren beacon you know what I mean like a monument mm. built by the sirens to do their job and they're just like look at we just have food on demand it's very um I don't know if you've played this game, Bioshock. By no, not yet, actually. But I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem Bioshock. It's very, it's very like the, that that eerie lighthouse, and you go in the lighthouse, and it just—it's a doorway to something much worse. And it's like, oh, that's good. I love that. I, I side the drawing is fantastic. The theory, just chef's kiss. It's so eerie, and it's just so like. Imagine like you're just, like you said, you're you're out traveling on a boat, a plane, and for some reason the captain, the pilot. Or they just change course abruptly. All communications to the outside world are turned off as you just sail into oblivion. Yeah, well, this would make sense with um, Flight 19, where the leader just disappeared, wasn't answering the calls anymore. Exactly. And it's because they changed course towards Oscar Isaac Lighthouse, which is not what it's called, by the way. I'm just going to, in case you didn't catch that, it's not the Oscar Isaac Lighthouse. <laughs> Someone's actually at home right now Google. Googling the Oscar Isaac lighthouse. I feel like he should have a lighthouse, but I don't think he does. Oscar Isaac, let us know if you have a lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, please. But yeah, I know this this theory was truly unique, and it it honestly could be its own movie. It's so like just eerie, and I really could see some sort of a, just a dark twist on just this beacon of the ocean calling its I think victims. It- the, the irony of it all is really nice, too, because, like, lighthouses are supposed to protect sailors. They're supposed yeah. to be the beacon to prevent disaster. And suddenly you've got this this anti-lighthouse where people trust it undoubtedly, but it's actually so much worse. Absolutely. I, it's, it really couldn't... I'm sitting here just staring at it as we talk about it, and just it really could not be done better. Man, if you haven't seen it already, please... Please go check it out. Sai's Instagram will be linked down below. He is a great artist, and he has done more fan art, not only just for this episode, but for our Taily Poe. You can see his rendition of the Taily Poe. You can see some of the other things that he's done, too. Just he's, He has a beautiful little picture of a lady. He's got Dick Tracy <laughs> listening to Spookery. Uh, it sure does. There's Bonnie and Clyde as well. Bonnie and Clyde, yeah. Just that's a beautiful one, man. I love Bonnie so, and Clyde. So, huge shout out to Sai. You are just 
the best. We love you dearly, and your art is incredible, and like literally puts the goofiest smile on both of our faces, and it's just absolutely. Yes. We don't deserve you. No, we really don't say. You are a gem, and a gem of a human being. So just thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to Spookery. Thanks for listening. Um, but that was actually all I really had for Bermuda Triangle. Was ah, uh, let me look at my notes for Bermuda Triangle. Absolutely. Uh, I do have a couple things. Ooh. Um, so one of the first questions we asked about the Bermuda Triangle is, what kind of triangle is the Bermuda Triangle? Is it? I need to address this. Is it an isosceles? I looked it up, and. Nobody knows, because no map of the Bermuda Triangle is identical. That's fair. So, I've, I've, I've narrowed it down. It's either an equilateral triangle or an isosceles triangle. It's one of the two. Okay. But we don't know, because nobody can agree where this triangle begins and ends. Okay. That's, uh, that's a fair answer, I understand. The second question that is haunting me, that I've actually... I've, I've asked people who have been in the military. I've asked a, a, a former Navy officer... Because I needed to know. The USS Cyclops, which is a ship that deserves its own episode, it's I'm, it's such a cool story. Mm-hmm. But I got really upset about what is it made of? Was it a wooden ship or a metal ship? And we couldn't figure this out. We didn't know what the answer was. Yeah. I cannot find the answer for the life of me. I actually, I asked my, my Navy friend, I was like, hey, what is this ship made of? It's a Proteus-type battleship. What is this fucking boat made of? And he looked at me and he was like, Meh. Huh. So I'm going to double down on the answers, the only answers that I've gotten, which are joke answers. It's either made of paper mache or cake. Because nobody knows what this fucking boat's made of. I mean, nowadays everything is made of cake, so I'm probably going with cake. Everything's cake. Everything's cake. Um, my, my friend, uh, shout out to Chris, our friend Chris, um, he, sa- he said it as a, a, a guesstimate he was likely a metal ship, because at the time metal ships were more popular. Gotcha. But... There's nothing, there's no schematics, there's no nothing. It doesn't say anything. That's crazy. Uh, so I'm going to say it's a metal ship hmm. as a serious answer, but as a non-serious answer, it's made of cake. Okay. It was delicious, and it sunk and it's, because cake does not float. Man, if only they would have thought about that before setting it out. No, maybe I have another question, and I couldn't find the answer to this one either. Maybe you can help me with this one. Yeah. Because what is a star girl? I've Googled it, and all I get is showgirls. And I don't think that's the correct answer. It's <laughs> like, what is a Stargirl military rank? Is it like, is it an officer? Maybe it was just a particular title for the Star Tiger because that was the name of the plane. Because the only time we saw Stargirl was with Star Tiger, and you know, if you're a Stargirl, are you, are are you? See, it's hard. I, I Stargirl. It's also a book, so I Google it, and I've read the book, so my my, my Google wants to show me. It's like, oh yeah, it's Stargirl, the book. Uh, and I'm like, so it's it's cleverly hidden behind other Stargirls. So let's book your listeners. If you know what a Stargirl is, like write in because we don't know what it is, and it's it's getting to me. Um, I'm getting showgirls in Vegas, um, which is not what I want. I don't. And there's apparently it's a show in the UK too, so that makes it hard because I'm like, this was in the UK, I yeah. believe. So I think that's one of those questions that we're likely not going to find an answer anytime soon. But maybe somebody knows if you guys are familiar with the the Star Tiger or the title of Star Girl, or if it's uh, not even a real thing yeah. and it was all a lie. Let us know. Gosh. But yeah, that was um, 
a, a bamboozler for me? That is a good question. I forgot that we asked that question, actually. That wasn't one that, like, stuck out to me. But now that you asked it, I'm like, oh, that's like a thorn in my paw. Like, I'm, I need to I need to find that answer. I, I'm going to look into that more, just, just for my own amusement. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Revisit, revisit what a star girl is. And then I had one last thing for Bermuda Triangle, because I thought it was such a cool just conversation I had. Yeah. As I am, as I am once do, we talk about our episodes with people that we know when would they come out because then people listen to them. Yeah. Flight 19 was the story in the Bermuda Triangle that I think got me the most. That was the one that really, like, I got the chills up my spine. Like, like nothing looks real. Like, like, the, like everything looks wrong, even the ocean. Yeah. That was that whole quote. And yeah, like, it, it just, it, I felt everything up along my ribs. And my dad actually offered a really, in, like, helpful piece of uh, information for this one and he reminded me that the flight 19 was cadets they were young young pilots they were training they were not like full-fledged soldiers yet these were people who were training to be full pilots Mm -hmm. and he um, speculated that the leader of flight 19 whoever was leading the formation wasn't ready to be a leader mm. it was someone who was inexperienced someone who was nervous someone who was not good at oh i'm either owning up to their mistakes or perhaps someone who didn't know what to do when things went so awry and so here you got you've got these young kids you've got this leader who's maybe not ready for this particular position he's leading i don't remember how many planes were in this formation um he sends in like hey guys I don't know what's going on mm-hmm. the tower's like what do you mean you don't know what's going on then that's that's I mean it's it's demoralizing especially when you're in a position and you don't want to like you don't want to admit to yourself that you're in the wrong you could very climb up it's like no I can fix this yeah and then he radios in at 20 minutes later just like something is not correct like I I don't know what to do and then after that he like stops responding yeah it's possible that it was just fear he's just fear of like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to get out of this I don't know what I did yeah and now he's got these other people, these other cadets in his formation who trusted him. And we're like, that's now, now, yeah, we don't know. That's a very human theory. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a real yeah. theory, truly. I mean, like, the reason that people die most often of choking is not because that they can't be saved from choking. It's because that they get embarrassed and they go into the other room and then they die in silence in the bathroom. So like you said, mm-hmm. it's it's something like in us of like, we get embarrassed we get like I I don't know like we're very shy creatures sometimes and we clam up and we do dumb things when we're in moments of distress instead of just asking for fucking help and that's such a Mm -hmm. human thing to do and I could totally see that happening especially like you said there's this young kid who's been told you're ready for this position go do it and they're like no what are you talking about and he's just like oh gosh what am Mm -hmm. I talking about I think we even talked about this when we were talking about the Star Tiger in the actual episode. We talk about not like human error, Mm -hmm. human error being such a problem where we as humans don't like to admit fault. I'm guilty of this. I know it is like in all of my many positions and my many jobs and my many lifetimes that I've lived. There have been moments where I've been put in a position and I was in the wrong and I did not want to admit that I was in the wrong. I was like, no, I can fix this. No, I, I can... I can adjust this. I can I can recover from this. This is a recoverable mistake. And it would have been so much easier to be like, "No, I fucked up. I need help." Yeah. And like, yeah, and especially when you're younger and you and you're you want to show guys like, "No, I like I meant for this position. I I've earned this position." 
and you don't want to, to admit it. That's why, as I'm older now, it's, it's so much easier to be like, I was wrong. Yeah. I made a mistake. I'm, I'm owning it up. I'm owning up to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's such an important so, human lesson, like you said. And was that just. Yeah. And yeah, you know, whether that was the case or not, like, I'm, I'm not going to badmouth this, this poor, these poor kids who disappeared. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's possible. And like, sometimes it's just like, you just, you're afraid. And especially when things don't look how you thought they were going to look and you can't make sense of it because you're afraid to ask for help or you don't know how to ask for help. Yeah. And so suddenly everything looks strange, even the ocean. It's like, yeah, this is not what I'm used to. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be in this position. But it's like, I would, I probably, until I die, I would be like, it's recoverable. It's recoverable. I can recover from this. Yeah. And then at some point you just can't. Yeah. That's a, that's a very, very good theory. Like you said, we have. Yeah. It's just very humanizing, and it's it's a good lesson for us that are still here today, and something we can take away from this is just, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, that's, um, it's a great animated short that my mom watched recently. I think it was called, it was like The Fox, the Bull, and the Horse or something. Mm. Like The Fox, the Bull, the Horse, the Boy. And there's a really powerful quote in there, and it's um, one of the characters asks, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Or like, what's the bravest thing you've ever said? And then another character answers, help. And I'm like, oh, it's good. That is good. It's good. It is real good. Oh. Hits you right in the like feels of. It is. It is real yeah. hard. You don't think it is. You think, oh man, if I ever really needed help, I'd ask for it. And sometimes you just you don't know that this this is really the moment that you should ask for it. And as, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with asking for help too. Not to get up on no. my highway. I know this is not what spookery is about, but <laughs> I, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. And don't you ever let anyone tell you there is. Nope. Life lessons with spookery. It's yeah. okay to ask for help. Like flat out truly because sometimes help is what's going to save you like you can't do everything on your own we as humans physically cannot do everything on our own true absolutely true yeah not the life lesson i was expecting to find in the middle of the bermuda triangle but here we are it's inside oscar isaac lighthouse the whole time (laughs) that's the siren song it's like hey i can ask for help over there (laughs) oh my gosh thank you oscar isaac lighthouse what would we do without you uh, thanks oscar isaac (laughs) we salute you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man well what a great last point there i appreciate that yeah it's just you know that all these uh, we've had a lot of time with these episodes coming out so a lot of really fun theories and like ideas that we didn't even think about at the moment because we're slap happy and just full of excitement about the spooky it's, it's nice to, to bring the human back into it a little bit very very true yeah get yourself a little like you said kind of we distance ourselves from the the actual story of it all and been like all right this these are real people we're talking about yeah what a great episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of bringing the human back into everything, should we move on to episode 12? I think that is a great way to bring on episode 12. Yes. Episode 12, The Burial of Michelina Lewandowska. I do have one correction for this this case. Um, I misspoke during the episode. I called her blonde. I called Michelina blonde. Mm-hmm. She's not. Oh. She is a beautiful brunette. Oh. Okay. And I don't know why I thought she was blonde. In all of the pictures I posted, she's not blonde. Um, I don't know. I think I just I, I, I think I was I was I was smoking something probably. <laughs> I was on something. I was on I was high on my own supply maybe, or maybe I was possessed at that point. I don't know. It's kind of like the date thing. You saw the you know the blonde or the brown yeah. hair, and you're like blonde. <laughs> That's blonde. I'm also colorblind apparently. It really. <laughs> not only do I am I bad with numbers, I'm colorblind. Well. Uh, that is all right. There you go. So she's she's a beautiful brunette, uh, 
good old Michelina. She's not blonde, so sorry. Uh, that's the only mistake I believe I said during that episode. But I do have some updates for this yes. case because it's one of our newer. I think it's our newest case. I think this is our most recent case. Yeah, recent, like you said, as far as like most modern. Yeah, yeah, our most, like, in terms of the timeline, this is the one that's happened closest to now. Yeah, I think so. What was the date again? This was 2011. Yeah, definitely. This is the most recent. Yeah, it's the it's the most recent, most modern of my cases, for sure. And I'm looking at all of our other ones right now. Yeah, I don't think Mm-mm. any any are as modern as this one. So there you go. There's, there's that the, the achievement for this episode. Um, this is actually something that I found during my research, but I didn't want to include. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun, like not a fun. There's never nothing's fun about this case. It's a it's an anecdote. Okay. It's a tack onto the end. A little tidbit. This case is this case is also known as the Kill Bill copycat case. Really? Um, because there's, there's a scene in the second Kill Bill movie. Spoiler alert for guys who haven't seen Kill Bill Volume Two. Volume Two. Um, volume Two, I think is what it's called. That's cute. Um, spoiler alert if you don't want to hear this thing, but um. The, the bride, the the main character, Uma Thurman, in the second Kill Bill movie, she is buried alive in a coffin, and she punches her way out with martial arts. And that's, like, it's a whole scene. It's a very harrowing scene, because, yeah. like, nobody wants to be buried alive, and you actually see her on the coffin, you see her punch her way out. And so, because I think that movie came out before, let me double-check when Kill Bill 2 came out. Uh, 24, yeah, 2004. So Kill Bill 2 came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um... So this and this happened in 2011. So this was often referred to in newspapers and like in public uh, publications as the Kill Bill copycat case. Wow. There's even some dramatizations of this case that refer to it as the Kill Bill copycat case. I really don't like that. No, it's... I do not like Hollywoodizing a really awful thing that happened. To her. Like you said, like this. That's it's what a way to take her story away from her and take like that. Like I, I don't know. Like this is. I just yeah, don't like it. The fact that they call it a copycat case yeah. really bothers me. Well, one, it's like you can't unassociate it from Kill Bill. And two, it she's the copycat. Like, she's took inspiration from that's, Kill Like, no. That's what she was thinking of as she was sitting there in that in that predicament going, you know what? Remember that movie I saw? That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to try to emulate man. Uma Thurman. Like, yeah, man, like she was so cool as she punched her way out of that coffin. I'm doing the same thing. No, I think her moment, uh, what she was thinking in the moment was, I need to fucking live. Yeah, and that, that term copycat is usually only reserved for like the things that the killers are doing. The killers are the ones that are copying. It's not the victims. The victims are not the ones that are like copying anything in these situations. They don't want to be in this situation. Like, that's mm-hmm. a, such a weird way to like switch that. I don't yeah. like that at all. No, which is why I did not include it in the episode. But I think it's worth mentioning because I feel like someone's you're gonna come if you especially if you look up this case it's gonna come up it, it will and just be like how come you never called it that yeah like why why did you call it the burial of michelina Lewandowska when it should be the kill bill copycat case i'm like because it's really awful yeah i really that's hate it. that's a shit title yeah boo, so, boo to the writers that created that not a fan of that i mean the way that you sell non-murderous crimes i guess is that you sensationalize it but yeah it's just something to, to keep in mind that is if you're doing research on this particular case if you want to know more it is often referred to as the Kill Bill copycat case I don't like it I don't refer to it that it's the survival story of Michelina Lewandowska that's that's all it is yeah no, I appreciate you uh, labeling the episode that way as well because that's yeah be weird to do it otherwise um, my second update for this case which I was actually astounded that I figured this out. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out what type of stun gun was used. Really? I did. I went through all of the crime photos again, and there's actually a picture of the stun gun, mm-hmm. and I figured out the model 
of the stun gun. Wow. It is an Uzi brand stun gun. Okay. So, Uzi I. Um, I actually looked up a couple of things about the, the, the makers and the models. They make up to a 1.5 million volt stun gun. Oh my god, why does that exist? I do not know. Like, what? Uh, Michelina was... What? Got... She was gotten with like a 300,000 volt stun gun, which was already overkill. Yeah. It's already overkill. And these people go to 1.5 million? Like, oh, I just literally like, can't what you, fathom what... What are you tasting? Yeah. What are you getting? What? Yeah. You should so like, be a, background checked before you're allowed to purchase these things and like fingerprint clearance and like on a list somewhere. Yeah, it's like... I, I, I cannot fathom why you would need a stun gun of that voltage. No. I like the... Like, We've already established. I think it was like a, it was a fifty thousand is like the, as high as you should go, mm-hmm. and and Michelina got hit with a three hundred thousand, which already causes issues. A one point five million, like they're not, they're not lethal, but man, like I feel like that should be. Yeah, that's insane. Can, yeah, so that's kind of terrifying. So there's that information in the universe. Yeah. Um, I think my last kind of bittersweet note for this case is that um, Kasperzak, our um, our problem, our, our, our criminal in this case, yeah. was eligible for parole last year. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Is he currently applying for parole? I can only assume he is. I don't think he's released. That's... Um, I'd, if, if he had a hearing um, last year, I don't think it was granted. I can't find anything about his release but finding information about the after of this case is very very hard so he, it's possible Kasper Zaki is out there and he just got a very like quiet release I can't find any information but that's just something to keep in mind is that Kasper Zak is was eligible for parole last year and that means that I think every four years he's up for parole he can keep applying and keep applying and keep applying and and Michelina is still alive she's out, still out there their son is still alive He's still out there, and Michelina deserves to live in peace. Gosh, yeah, no, absolutely to that. That's just what a world we live in. Like you said, where a person like that has the possibility to walk free again. Yeah, jeez. Well, hopefully their paths never cross again. Yes, may Michelina live a long, healthy, and safe life. I hope that she is not living in fear because. She doesn't. She doesn't deserve to live the rest of her life in fear. She deserves to be happy, and she deserves to live her best life. And that's all I can hope for. Absolutely. So. No, a hundred percent agreed. Hearing that story, like, it really is one of those just like it. It was harrowing, but it just shows you the the true like will of a human being. And so it's just like we said it in the episode. Just biggest round of applause to her, and hopefully she is just living her best life. Like you said, that's all we can hope. Yeah. Yeah. So. Keep thriving, Michelina Lewandowska. Heck yeah. Wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, that's all my updates for episode 12. Beautiful. Yeah, I didn't actually have any like questions or anything like unresolved for that one, other than pretty much, like you said, asking about just the update. I knew, I remember you kind of saying about parole, but I wasn't really sure if we would hear any updates. I was kind of hoping we wouldn't. I don't ever want to hear yeah. any updates on that person, but... Yeah. We'll, we'll keep, uh, keep an ear out. I'll keep looking. Yeah. Well, another person that, you know, hard to hear updates about is uh, mm. the one and only Ed Kemper, which takes us Ooh, to this 
yeah, this episode. <laughs> this, these episodes, episode, my first two-parter, yep. episode 13 and episode 14, taking us into Ed Kemper. So this was our high-profile case, and the reason that this was high-profile case, I want to make this clear, is not because I wanted to really highlight Ed Kemper himself, but just the impact that this entire situation had on like the U.S. profiling system in general, because I really think that this yeah. case made a giant impact just in our like criminal justice system. Period. I I hundred percent agree. Like yeah, this even though it doesn't fit our usual definition of high profile, I think it it really does fit the bill because it's the, the 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 what we got out of it, right? Not not to say that Ed Kemper did any of the world any good, but but you well you take shitty situations and you learn what you can from them, and that's what you do in every situation, you know. Like we made some fucking lemonade with this exactly. case. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. So this this one was a doozy. If you haven't listened to it already, I don't know why you're at part two of the, the recap. But anyway, go listen to that episode. <laughs> it's really good. Um, but oh, it's hard. Well, yeah. That's also. Uh, yeah. It's it's. I would say Ed Kemper is definitely our hardest episode, and I a hundred percent get if like that. It's. It's not for everyone, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Like, just skip skip to the next one. The next one is for everyone, probably. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so, like, I my, my this is the, the one case that my dad couldn't listen to. Gotcha. Um, which I think is totally, totally fair. Yeah. Like, you... Like this is this is this is a real real tough one. Yeah, I thought Hinterkaifuck was bad, and then you came, you a fucking Uno reversed me with this one. This one, yeah, no, this one was pretty bad. I know a lot of people really struggled with the family too of just like child abuse. Also, just yeah, there's some there's some doozies this this month or this uh, season with just trigger warnings. So just take those trigger warnings seriously, you know, when you listen to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, for this one, I don't think I had too much because of how much information there was about this one, I really didn't have too much that I had to go back and correct. Um, I just wanted to specifically go back and talk about, because I wasn't sure if I really just took Ed's own word at it, or if I maybe missed something, but I couldn't find any more information on um, why he specifically was unable to join the police force, because he was actually the one that specifically said, you know, it was because of my size, it was because I was too intimidating, and I didn't really know if that was, like I said, just him kind of tooting himself up or if maybe it really was like you said when we recorded it part to do with his record and like you know his past and stuff like that so but I really couldn't find one concrete answer on that one way or another there was no confirmation of why he was denied from joining the police force but thank god he was yeah I mean think of the the abuse of power if he had been let into the police force because like I think there's a lot of people who want to argue that maybe that would have been good for him but I also think that that's a lot of power that's very easy to abuse yeah. So. I think, like you said, it's a very big risk for very little reward of just, like, a functioning human person for the cost of maybe several innocent lives. Mm. Yeah. I think if, if Ed Kemper was going to do Ed Kemper, then he, w- he would have done it regardless of the situation that he was in. Yeah. I think that would have just been a, a means that made it easier, like you said. He, and it was already pretty damn easy for him, so not that he needed the help. Yeah. No. No, no. Um... Yeah, I don't have much for this case. I think you 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 do told it perfectly. It's it's a tough one to talk about as well because we like you don't want to give Ed Kemper too much time in the spotlight, but you also don't want to uh, over you don't want to shadow over the people that got their lives cut short because of him. Um, I only had one question that I asked during the episode that I finally found the answer to. Possibly, oh yeah, what was it? Um, 
And it was a question we asked at the beginning. And we asked how tall Ed Kemper's uh, mother, Clarnell, was to give birth to a 6'9 Ed Kemper. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I I googled it. And I, in truth, I didn't look very far. So I don't know if this is true, if this is accurate. But the numbers that kept popping up was his father, his, his father, Ed Kemper II, was 6'8". Oh, okay. So tall dad. Yeah. And his mother, Clarnell was six foot or six foot one depending on some of the sources wow she's tall they were tall parents these are tall people and i don't know if this is true it's not in every source a lot of people are like ed kemper was six nine and that's it that's all you need to know and then there are some places like we think they were this height they might have been this height it could have been this height it was definitely this height so that's the number that i found um i would definitely say take it with a grain of salt because this was a very like surface level like research i did not deep dive into this mm-hmm. it wasn't in everything i found but that's the those are the numbers that i found his father was six eight and his mother was six foot that would explain why ed kemper was six nine. yeah absolutely wow it really um i think clarnell was his mother's name like you said yeah. uh it's 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 crazy because she was a very uh intimidating woman herself many described her as you know so hearing that she really was this like physically intimidating woman too i mean as like a six or six foot one woman i mean that's yeah that's no short lady and if she's like you said this no. very outspoken person who has no problem telling you when she thinks you fucked up or if you whatever she doesn't like what you're doing yeah gosh she's not the one to she's the one that called you out on it yeah. so crazy yeah um that was the only tidbit of information I had from this case. I had a, a funny anecdote to tell you about um, because you gave a very strict warning at the end of uh, Ed Kemper episode 14 and you were like, don't watch Mindhunter because there's no season three. Guess who decided to watch Mindhunter? And how disappointed are you now that there's not going to be a season I three? Di- I'm not the one that didn't. I'm not the one who watched it. Oh, who watched it? Spookery mother. My mother said that she was she was really interested in this case. She got through this case. Yeah. And she decided to watch no. Mindhunter. And she loved and it. And that's the she problem. Is that there's not more yeah. of it. I know. There's no more. Gosh dang so it, Spooker I thought it was kind of funny that you you literally put a warning out there going, don't watch Mindhunter. And then I think like two days after the episode came out, after she listened to it, she was like, so I'm going to watch Mindhunter. And <laughs> no. I was like, I think, I think we had a warning about that, but okay. Spooker <laughs> you did not heed my warning. She loved it though. She thought it was really cool. And there's a lot of other serial killers in Mindhunter that we can talk about. So there's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a very very interesting show. Um, it's 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 a good show. Again, if you are looking for something and you're okay with it not having a, a good ending, go watch it. I mean, like you, you'll get entertained for two seasons. But I just I hate stuff that gets left open when they're like we like it basically like they finally in the show get funding to like do more things and then in real life lost funding and then the show cuts off and it's like wow that sucks. Yeah. I think that was that it was in the era as well of every every show got two seasons. Like that yeah. was it. Whether it was a good show or a bad show, you got two seasons. That was yeah. it. Was like, okay. That's true. I used to think that if a show got a second season, I'm like, they're in. But no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think two seasons is the standard. Yeah. I think it's better now, but even then. There are shows out there that they have three like three seasons and they shouldn't have three seasons. Yeah, you are right about that. Yeah. There's I think that is, like you said, they at least get three seasons. You see that a lot on Netflix and it's like, how? This sucked. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Mindhunter's great, and yeah, you can see this horrible tall man in that show. And that's the last we'll say about yeah. him. And that's the that on <laughs> that's that. That's the that on that. 
<laughs> Moving right on into our next two episodes, because she couldn't help herself from doing oh. a two-parter for her last episode, or season one episode. <laughs> sure couldn't. I, I got myself into, I think because my um, my burial episode was my shortest episode that I had to make up for it, I guess. My, my psyche was like, no, no, you gotta keep going. I'm lacking. Make, make more episode. And I was like, okay. Uh, so let's talk about episode 15 and 16, Rajnish Purem. Yes. Uh, my my cult episode because this was the season of two cults yes. our first duplicate case I think this one this one was a lot of fun for me I, I loved I loved researching this case I loved doing this case I loved your reactions to this, <laughs> this case this was wacky it was wild it was I, I needed another yeah. W word and I can't think of one it was wonderful <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It was a lot. I get that that one. I think Rajneesh Puram kind of followed Hinter Kaifek as well, where like the first episode is all context. It's all necessary context, yeah. but it's very tame. And then episode like the episode sixteen part two was just like, and then everything <laughs> happened, and it all went to shit, and everyone was trying to kill each other, and it was like okay, it pretty much yeah. It was like once the cult started doing like crazy crazy stuff, it was just kind of like okay, the the hinges are off. Like it's just all go time. Yep. It's just like we're just letting it happen. Then mm-hmm. I guess the, this this cult holds three records. Uh, yeah, st- I think still to this day. I I, I think I um, me and my friend Chris we were chatting about it the other day, and he was like, "Yeah, I think they still hold all three. And it was like, "That's Ooh. crazy." I know um, most uh, like poisonings or like how is it like our biggest like bio poisoning, biggest bio attack yeah. in U.S. history, um, biggest wiretapping, yes, and uh, biggest marriage fraud. God, that one was the most surprising. Like, because you kind of warned me. So sneaky. It was. It was, and so well thought out. The fact that they were so like on a large scale with it, like sending couples to like different places, and like we're not all just gonna do this in like one location and just kind of like marriage fraud this. Like, no, you guys go to Texas. You go to Oklahoma. You go to you know like it was so well coordinated. It's so weird. It was very. It was a very patient scheme. It was, and I think the the patience is very like not on brand for Rajneesh Puram because they were doers not thinkers like they just did things and then they were like shit it's not working I can't imagine why it's not working yeah. so the fact that they pulled off this this marriage fraud scheme over years this was this happened over the entire like four years that they were here in, in Oregon it's it's almost like not on brand for them it's the sneakiest thing that they did yeah. other than spying on themselves which is even weirder <laughs> it's like it's so like the the levels of like destruction and scheming don't match no, up. but it's also it's like very... if you had the wherewithal to like you said plan this meticulously for four years, why why were you so just like guns blazing with the other plans? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I really do wonder. It was like, is that the difference in management? It was like one was definitely Sheila because she was a yeah. doer, not a thinker. And then like, was the marriage fraud somebody else that just like like well, it was definitely Sheila? It wasn't me. Like, she just like delegated that work out to like someone else, and they just did a really good job with it. And they're like, wow, look at how well executed that scam was. Yeah, she's like, I need a bunch of like green cards real quick. And he was like, I can't get you real quick, but I can get you the green cards. And then like, I guess Sheila just forgot about it because everything else was going tits up over in the um, antelope. <laughs> and so this guy was just like, I'm doing it. <laughs> doing the best job I can. <laughs> that's what I want to, that's definitely the version that I is canon in my head. Like, that is totally what happened. It's just this, like, low-time scammer gets given this opportunity, and he's like, I'm doing such a good job for Sheila. Sheila's gonna love this! And then Sheila gets arrested, and he's like, oh, fuck! <laughs> it was all Sheila! It was all Sheila! Give her all the credit! Oh. Oh, God. Yes, yeah, so this, this one, this was a, this was a, this was a 
I guess the, the name of the documentary really nails it. It's a wild, wild country. <laughs> it's just, it's a wild, wild yeah. case. Wild, wild uh, country. Yeah, that is a fantastic name because it just, it is. Wild, wild country. It is. So I do have, of course, as on brand for myself, some corrections. <laughs> I feel like you catch your um, corrections so much more than me. I'm just not good at catching my corrections. I think I have a, a distinct advantage of catching my direction, my correct, my corrections, my directions. <laughs> I have a distinct, I can catch my directions. I, can, I, I have a distinct advantage while catching my corrections because I edit the podcast. That's very true. <laughs> so I listen to the episode immediately after going, man, why did I say that? <laughs> oh. So... And I get to listen to it on loop as well. So it's like, man, I really said that, didn't I? <laughs> I really said that that many times. I doubled down on that one. Uh, 1999 so, Prohibition. 1999 <laughs> Prohibition and Buddy Hill, our boy. <laughs> so this one is not so bad. Um, my first one is, apparently also I struggle with locations and names of locations. So I said throughout, I think both episode 15 and 16, I said the Dales a couple times, which was a, a town in Oregon. It was the big um, voting hub. Okay. But it's not pronounced the Dales. It's the Dolls. The d- oh. The Dolls. But the Dales sounds correct. It's spelled D-A-L-L-E-S. So my brain was like, yep, that's the Dales. But it's actually pronounced the Dolls. The Dolls. Huh. The Dolls. So it was the Dolls in Oregon. Huh. Uh, I almost said Texas because I'm thinking about Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, it's the Dolls. I said Dales. Huh. I would have made that same mistake. I, I think I even looked it up ahead of time, being like, it's the dolls. In the, in the, in the documentary, they say the dolls, and then I like uh, I just saw it, and I read it as Dallas, and I'm like, it's not Dallas, it's something else. It's the Dales. The Dales. The Dales. Oh, and then as soon as I was editing, I was like, I literally have a note about like how to pronounce this, and I just I didn't listen. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, my last, uh, I guess, proper correction for this one is, um, in episode 16, I said Sheila was living happy with her third husband. She is not. Oh. Her third husband passed away. No! Well. I think he passed away pretty soon after they got married. I can't remember the cause of death. Um, Sheila does not have a good track record with husbands, unfortunately. Uh, with one being dead and the other one, I think, I didn't mention this in the episode, but I think the her second husband actually accused her of killing both her other husbands, the first one and the third oh. one. Oh. And he was like, she was going to kill me, but thankfully I caught on and I sided with Osho. And it was like... Okay. How much like, credence is there to that? That's like... I, yeah, it's like, there's a lot of there's a lot of he said, she said in this this, this cult. So you got to take everybody with a grain of salt, including Sheila. Yeah. And yeah, like I, Sheila absolutely did try and kill people. Yeah, I mean... And the- maybe she did kill her other two husbands maybe she didn't maybe they were just really unfortunate medical accidents maybe they died of old age i think um, i said in episode 15 her first husband died of um like like white blood cell cancer yeah which is really awful that is. and i'm like i don't think that was murder i think that was a really unfortunate accident followed by cult brainwashing yeah probably but i can understand kind of where that thinking comes from when you are kind of dealing with a crazy person and you're like oh yeah she she killed him yeah, she definitely tried to kill people. Yeah, like let's not like we're not sweeping that under the rug. She definitely attempted murder, and she attempted assault, and she attempted assassination, and she attempted a lot of things. The only downside is that either the victims got incredibly lucky, or Sheila in that moment was incompetent. Yeah, and she delegated it to an incompetent person. <laughs> it's that it's that small time crook being like, I'm gonna do so good on the marriage front. <laughs> I'm gonna do so good on the marriage. Oh, what know. a what a kooky case, man. Yeah. 
I, th- I think that's my only corrections. I do want to um, double down on the age difference between Rajneesh and Sheila because I didn't say that during the I didn't say it during the episode. So I'm going to double check their age difference. Okay. So Rajneesh was born in 1931. Okay. And Sheila was born in 1949. So 31 and 49, that's an 18-year difference. Oh, wow. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Yeah. Um, You're in a whole other generation at that point. Yeah. And and it's, you know, she she was absolutely in love with, with Osho. Uh, she, uh, she admits it to herself. Like, she's very open with that information. She was in love with Rajneesh Osho. They were 18 years apart. I think I said that they were 10 years apart at some point in the episode. They are 18 years apart. We have doubled down. Um, Yeah, it was a big age difference. And I don't think I I dictated it well during the episode, like how big the age difference was. But there was definitely... There was a power. There was an age difference and a power dynamic. And nobody knows what's happening. And that's that on that. Wow. Yeah, 18 years is too much for me. Personally, yeah, I'm. I'm. It's a little out of my uh, my range as well. Uh, I'm definitely not looking for someone 18 years younger or older than no. me. No. Uh, so, yeah, that's. Wow. Well, at least she could that. admit she was in love with him, but I don't know if that helped anything in the long run because I feel like that, like, I don't know, like she almost got like more obsessed. I feel like because of how much she admitted it. Yeah, and I mean, even she says the day that she left the cult was the last day she ever saw him like they never crossed paths again that's wild and yeah like to still be in love with this cult leader with to the point where you would be willing to commit murder for this person to, to protect them is like hmm. yeah big 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 um now i do have um, you asked me a question during the episode, and I do have the answer for you. But before we get into that, I'm going to put a trigger warning down. Oh. Because there's a trigger warning. Um, trigger warning for animal abuse. Oh, no. Yeah. So during the, ep- the, the episode, I think it's episode 16, you asked me what happened to the beavers. No! What happened to the beavers? What happened to the beavers? And I, I went back, I looked it up, and... There was no concrete answer, but one of the members of Antelope, a person who lived in Antelope, um, had a statement, and he believed that the blend, uh, the the beavers were blended to make the part of the salmonella that would be used to poison the town. No, blended. Blended. That makes me really sad. Yeah, it's awful. It's really, really awful. And uh, they think it came, if I remember correctly, the, the like they were going to just shove beavers in like the water supply of antelope. And then they realized that the beavers wouldn't fit. So their solution was to make the beavers fit. Oh my god. Jesus. Yeah, but then they also realized that that wasn't feasible either. So instead they used part of the bacterium as part of the salmonella and I think they they fused it with an already existing branch of salmonella. I'm not a chemist. I don't know how they did yeah. this. Um, but I believe that the beavers... Uh, this is such an awful thing to say, but I believe the beavers were recycled. That's the nicest way you could say it, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the beavers did not make it, unfortunately. But I, I did want to... Because I think we, we, we asked this question live on the episode, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to address it. Yeah. So there you go. There's a, a trigger warning. The, the Rajneesh Pram's only trigger warning, which is in the recap which episode. Which is in the places. recap episode. Man, why does nothing good ever happen to the beavers? I know. We've got to find a good beaver episode <laughs> case to <laughs> cover. Do. 
<laughs> when the beavers get their comeuppance. Yeah. Man, that is that is real sad though. Just so many so many unfortunate things in the wake of this whole thing. And here yeah. I am crying over beavers, but I just I'm the kind of person to cry over some beavers. Yeah, I mean, it's awful. I, I hate animal abuse, but I think that I think that the safe thing to say is at least like that was the worst it got. They didn't they didn't kill anyone. It is yeah. No humans were harmed. Unfortunately, they did harm some animals, but at least they were stopped there. Yeah, that that was it. It was before it could become a Jonestown. It was before it could get much much worse because this cult had the possibility of becoming. No, much you're much right. Worse. They they were. Oh totally headed for disaster to be honest with you so no that's a good way to look at yeah. it of like at least that's as far as they got if they were gonna yeah move forward with any plan it's a good place to get stopped yeah it's it's horrible but yeah i think there's a lot of people who are alive right now who are very happy that that's as far as they got yeah i i would agree and with yeah. that but i think that's all of my updates for rajneesh puram did you have any questions for this case? I did not have any other questions for that case, actually, no. I have a lot of questions as I go through things, but then I realize, like, later on, I'm like, that's most of my questions are very irrelevant to the long run. I ask a lot of silly questions during episodes, but... No, not at all. I, find, I love all questions. All questions are beautiful. <laughs> and, and, like, they're, they're also they're, they're questions that open up doors for, like, further possibilities. Like, I mean, you asked the beaver question, like, live on the episode, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's find out what happened to the beavers. Yeah. No, but I realize that that is a um, lot of the questions I ask. are like, the beavers, what what about the beavers? That's the whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I, my, I also ask very dumb <laughs> questions, but I double down on them, and I'm like, I'm gonna find the answer to this dumb question. <laughs> no, and I appreciate you for it, man. Um, yeah. The last episode that we have. Yes. Our bookend, our, our closer, our our last paranormal. Yes, our very last paranormal for episode, or for, I keep saying episode one, for season one. <laughs> Uh, episode 17, the Monte Cristo Homestead. I truly have literally nothing for this one. I, I think it might just be because it's so recent that like, I'm like, I feel like I just presented it. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I have no follow-ups of anything where I'm like, I, there was no, there's, they're still open for tours. I would love to be able to go with you one day. I'm really sad that we missed the, I think it was the 75th yeah. anniversary. The big one, no, the, it was 50th. the 50th, I think. We were gonna wait for the 75th. Yes, that's what we talked about. I was like, I couldn't remember. We we talked about the 75th. Yeah, now we have to wait till the yeah. 75th. Another whole another 25 years, but it'll be worth the wait. Oh, it's definitely worth the wait. And you know, still we haven't heard from them yet. We haven't been offered our tickets yet, but the night is young. Absolutely. No, but this one was this one was a very fun one to record. I because it was mostly like English. I pronounced most of the names okay. I think I looked everything up beforehand, yeah. so I didn't have too many <laughs> things to go back. Um, yeah, there's just, I didn't have, other than just, uh, the, the one thing that we talked about, um, was the, it said that it was the, the wife's baby that was, that fell um, down the stairs with the nanny. And we talked about it being yes. the possibility of the daughters looking more into that. Uh, that, that really was such a common thing at the time of mothers mm -hmm. assuming their daughter's children to kind of save the family embarrassment. Um, yeah. So considering the husband was already dead at the time and she did not leave the house again for 23 years after that other than pretty much to go to church and she never took another, you know... Yeah. Uh, spouse. spouse. Yeah, any sort of a partner in her life. Uh, yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say that that was probably one of the daughter's children that was... Yeah. Unfortunately. 
Yeah, I think it, it's it's one of those just every, everything is about family, like name and shame. It's like you want to have honor, you want to be seen as respected. You are a powerful family, and then like the 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 standards that you hold your family to are just unrealistic, and it just causes so many cracks. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was in fact what happened. Um, I have a couple of questions on this one mm-hmm. because uh, I just. Been thinking, yeah. been thinking about hauntings. Ask away. Been thinking about hauntings lately, you know, just casually. Please. Um, so I guess the first very obvious question that I I have been had posed to me yeah. is is there a correlation with the Count of Monte Cristo? The Count of Monte Cristo, which is a very famous book, and I haven't looked into this. This is a we're doing it live. Uh, I've never heard of the Count of uh, Monte Cristo. It's a very famous book. Um, she was written in 1844, so the book technically comes first. And I and I wonder, I did wonder, like, it, was there some sort of correlation? And then I know that Monte Cristo just means Mountain of Christ, which so it's probably a pretty common name. Mm-hmm. And you know, especially if it's a religious, um, a religious family, putting Christ on things is very easy. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think that there is a correlation, other than maybe. Mr. Crowley read Account of Monte Cristo and was trying to claim this land and was inspired. Okay. But there, I, I don't think there was... I mean, I, you would probably have known if there was, like, a very obvious... Like, he was like, and then I dedicate this land to this French author who wrote The Three Musketeers and this book, The Count of Monte Cristo, and I'm going to name my homestead <laughs> after it, and it's going to be a beautiful mud hut, and then it will be a brick house later. Yeah, no, this is the first I've heard of it, and he, there was definitely no, like you said, proclamation of naming... Um, no, but that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm like reading the the Wikipedia page for it as we're sitting here and like being like, huh. <laughs> so yeah, that was a that was a, a question question posed to me, and I think it's a very natural question since like the Monte Cristo homestead is not the most famous Monte Cristo that I know. I also knew of the Count of Monte Cristo, but I didn't put the connection. Gotcha. Yeah, that was just 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 something to think about. Um, I think on a similar vein, I don't think there are any other books or movies that are based off of this haunting. This is a very isolated incident, for lack of a better word. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd never heard of this case before we talked about it. Mm-hmm. I, even though I pretended that I did for a hot minute. Because <laughs> uh, I was thinking about the other uh, Crowley. Alistair Crowley. I keep saying Crowley. Uh, it's uh, Crowley, sorry. I keep mispronouncing it. There's another guy called Crowley. Uh, Crowley or Crawley, depending on how you pronounce it, uh, which is spelled C-R-O-W-L-Y. But I was thinking, he also has a famous house somewhere remote, and it's haunted as heck. Hmm. And possibly exploded. And possibly exploded. I think you can buy pieces of it. I I don't know. These are some Um, bold accusations you are making. They sure are. That's a season two (laughs) kind of story. (laughs) Um... So that was the case that I was thinking of was um, Alistair Crowley and his oh. very haunted, possibly not existing house. Interesting. Um, I don't think that there are any books or movies that are based off of this particular haunting. Um, Counts of Monte Cristo came before all of this went down because this was the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s. This was like Regency era. I was going to say, I actually, I think you said that there's no films about the Monte Cristo homestead, there is one in the works right now. No, there you go. Uh, that is set to come out sometime. At some point. <laughs> At some point in the future. Yeah, it's Monte. It's coming. Monte Cristo documentary. They're calling it the the House of Monte Cristo. Yes. 
I did have a, a thoughtful question to that you actually might know the answer of. I don't know yes. if you do. Ask away. So the last question, um, this was another spookery mother question, which I thought was actually a really good thing to think about, was um, she I was asking about the employees of the house, the, mm. the, the, the servants and the, the people, a lot of the, the other deaths in the house. Yes. And she was wondering if they were possibly aborigine. Very possible. Yes. Being in Australia, that's a very, very, very possible. Like you said, and just having like the housekeepers at the time, and yes. Yeah, and, and peak racism of all things. And I, and that got me thinking as well. Um, I wonder if the land that they had built this homestead on, which is something I didn't even think about during the episode, mm-hmm. um, I wonder if it was Aborigine land and possibly Aborigine sacred land where it had like a, a, an Aborigine name. It had significance to the people who were living there before mm-hmm. the Crowleys showed up and were like, hey, this is our house. Yeah. We're going to name it after Christ himself. Yeah. <laughs> Put a mountain there. <laughs> and I do wonder if like there's that like, connection of, of sacred land. Maybe it was Aborigine sacred land that was taken and then, you know, they were turned into workers. Yeah. For lack of a better word. And then maybe just the, the spirituality of the area or this land or this pocket where this house is amplified the haunting. Yeah. No, it's a really good theory, to be perfectly honest with you. As I was looking up like the specific history of the town of Juni, because that's where it was, um, or mm-hmm. where it is, I didn't come across anything like that that would that kind of really pointed in that direction. But I also, like, history's kind of just forget some things casually sometimes where oh, it's yeah. just like, oh, it's we're, convenient. We're very we're very keen to omit the really awful parts when there's a fun story involved. Exactly. So it's a really good question and there's probably some credence to it. I just don't know exactly which direction would be correct in that because I just, there's not really that much information yeah. even about like because of just the time that it took place. Like it, there's just... Yeah it's hard the information's few and far between so it's like i have newspaper clippings from that time period you know here's this random tuesday and then you know a few months later here's this day so it's like you do have some but like you said and even the history that's told it's told by the winners and they they only want to tell you the good stuff and the stuff they're proud of they don't want to tell you all their stuff that they hide in their closets and how mean they were to innocent people it's so true and it's it's like are there going to be pictures of the people who worked in the manor are there going to be pictures of all of the individuals who were making this this house go and like what like what the just the what life was like there probably not yeah. they're, they're gonna put the emphasis on the people who are rich and famous who can pay for their pictures in the newspapers and they're gonna listen to the people who influenced those stories and that was the crawl they were basically you know were regarded as you know the, the founders of Junie. so like how dare you besmirch his name by even suggesting that i'm sure that like you said was kind of the yeah. the thought process of that so not say I'm not trying to put that out there and say that he was. I'm not going to besmirch the name at all either myself, but it is a good theory mm-hmm. because it, it was a very common thing happening at the time. Yeah. So I think it's not something we can omit, but it's not something we can prove either. Exactly. So it's just, yeah, it's good to have it cycle that, that this is this is a possibility that there could have been a lot of Aborigines just working in this homestead purely because they were given no alternative and perhaps there was a lot of abuse towards them. I would not be shocked if that was the truth. Yeah. But we just, we don't know because that sort of history is not very easily obtainable. It's true. Yeah, unfortunately a lot of suffering goes undocumented. As we've seen, it's yeah. been a theme in a lot of our cases. That's And that's why we talk about them. Oh yeah. The, the, the story is worth telling, but it's hard to find 
people willing to tell them. Very true. Very, very true. Yeah. So, something to keep an eye out. Maybe when we eventually go for our 75th bowl that we're one day we'll be invited to. Uh, we can try and get the get get the skinny on what was going on. Yeah, that would be really fun. I bet the uh, the family that's living there now, the um, the Ryan family, I bet they'd be more than willing mm. to kind of divulge or even just entertain those kind of questions because it's like, I don't think they would take those kind of questions like personally or be offended by them. I think they really are no. interested in preserving the history of the house and educating people on on the truth of things and. Like you said, so I, th- I yeah. think that would be something that they'd be totally, totally willing to talk on. And I would love to be able to pick their brains on so many different things and potentially mm-hmm. even get an interview one day. Who knows? Yeah, very possible. And I maybe this the movie that's coming out about this homestead is going to shed a little bit of light on that. Maybe there's a lot of untold stories that will uh, get like the get the, the scoop on. Yeah. Because yeah, it might not just be about the Crawleys, but it might also be about the people who are around the Crawleys and their first victims. Yeah. That survived absolutely that would be quite the treat i am excited for that to come out looking and looking back over the season and seeing how many documentaries or like you said even just kind of like dramatizations that we are currently out or going to come out about these things i'm like i'm excited that we kind of get to further our knowledge a little bit more really yeah it's it's fun it's 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 kind of interesting to see how many of our cases this season have got stories all their own Mm -hmm. whether it's an adaptation or a cover or a dramatization or a documentary there's a lot of them and it's really it's really cool so absolutely yeah oh man but with that man oh man i think that's our that our last case to cover for our post-mortem i yeah i don't think i have Anything else? I think we were we were thorough. We we touched upon. We we had we had some laughs. We had some, we had we had we had a cry. Um, we flinched. We <laughs> we did we did a lot of things. We had to process <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a. I think kind of going through the season again with this like this like fresh pair of eyes because we're very different people than we were when we were recording these episodes and like mm-hmm. we've had a lot more time to digest each other's stories and. And really think about like oh like yeah this I didn't think it was important at the time but maybe I should look into this yeah and yeah it's it's I think it's really cool I like that you know, we could just go go take a trip down memory lane and like really really say goodbye to season one properly absolutely I think it was very well done and yeah obviously I'm biased but very well done and a lot of love went into it and I I just I had a darn fun time doing it with you man truly yeah I had. God, it was so much fun. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about how I want to do spookery. I learned a lot about how to write scripts. I learned a lot about uh, comedic timing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And storytelling and pronunciations and my issues with dates. and Yeah, Yeah, just about ourselves. Yeah. And I I, I think every season, as long as we we keep the old seasons in mind, what we learned, all these lessons and all these recaps and all of these stories... Yeah, you know, the seasons are just going to keep getting better and better. I'm already excited for season two. Like season two is in the works. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Like, spoiler alert! <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's in the works, it's and we've got happening. some really really cool things coming. Like I'm really excited for what's going to come because it's really really cool. If you like season one, this is like season one but better. So oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be. It'll it's be all great. downhill from here, folks. <laughs> oh God. We peaked. We peaked. Season one, it could never be as good. We could never, no, never top I, it. 
I, I can't wait to see what cases we get for season two. I mean, I can't wait to see what you bring to the table. I can't wait to see what I bring to the table because my spreadsheet keeps getting bigger. Right. Like I'm I'm being sent cases left, right and center. It's getting real scary. It is funny. Like you said, as like Spookery continues, people will be like, wait, have you heard about this? Maybe you should cover that sometime. And you're like, oh, my gosh, maybe I should cover that sometime. It's it grows. I love it. And there's a lot of people who have sent me cases like, have you heard of this? I'm like, I have, but I didn't write it on my spreadsheet. Yes. So now it's on the spreadsheet. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> my spreadsheet is so long. Oh. Uh. No, but it's great. And if anyone has any suggestion, if you're listening at this point, you know, part two of the postmortem episode, you clearly like some spookery. So please, we would gladly take your suggestions. If you got cases, if you got personal encounters, anything like that, send it our way. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. But just tell us, tell us your stories because... Just because it's not in a newspaper doesn't mean it's not worth telling. Absolutely. I 110% could not agree with that more. Yeah. Mm. Let us report on it first. Yes. Give us the inside scoop. The skinny. Give us <laughs> give us your thoughts and feelings. <laughs> give us your bones. What? <laughs> <laughs> she said it, not me. I'm not possessed. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm, that's exactly what a possessed person would say. Uh, you know, it's coming. One day. One day. We'll get there. One day. <laughs> That's goals for season three. <laughs> goals for season three. Will Lady get possessed? The demon crawls ever closer. Oh my gosh. Oh, man. Well, I I am just so pleased with season one. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you for, yeah, just doing it. We did it. We did it. We did the heckin' thing. We did the heckin' thing. Like, season one was was a dream. It was so good. It was so fun. I think we really nailed the categories as well like the categories the wheel did what it was supposed to do we got a very diverse season we got cases for everyone it's been awesome hearing back from what cases people liked what they didn't like what what like the ones that they really gravitated towards what like i uh i've had friends be like oh i loved this case but i didn't like this one but then someone i know loved that case and didn't like the one yeah, i liked and you're, it's like that's what that's the point that's the whole point exactly and like you said the spookery real wheel really nailed its job this season of just giving us such an array of stuff and you know it was our it was our first time we were experimenting this season was an experiment by all intents and yeah. purposes you know like it yeah, we had no idea if this was going to work. We had no idea if the wheel would be kind. We didn't know if the categories would be kind. We didn't know if like if we would have to scrap the wheel. Um, but I think it worked out really well. I think the the wheel definitely has a mind of its own. Yeah. And it's, it knows what we need. Yeah, we know you're not possessed, but the wheel might be. And that's The okay. wheel is definitely possessed. <laughs> it's definitely possessed. We do love our spookery wheel, TM. TM and yeah, I just I can't wait to see what what season two holds. I can't wait to see what what we end up doing. I I've, I'm excited. I've got so many stories I want to tell you, and I I can't wait for each and every one to get a turn. Little by little, it'll happen, and our little library will just keep filling up and grow into just this beautiful place that no one will ever want to leave. That's it. That's it. And. That's just that's it. That's, that's, that's all I have it. to say. That's it. Truly, that's it. Oh, I am. I'm <sighs> just so pleased. I really, I really have never created something that I've just been like, wow. Send it out. So I, I put my stamp on that. Ship it out. Ship it out. No edits. No edits <laughs> no, required. Well, lots of edits. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the uh, most edits. Oh. This is yeah. This is probably going to be one of the bigger edit, edited episodes. Second only to Bonnie and Clyde, because that was a lot. <laughs> well, you can definitely tell when we get slapped at me. <laughs> oh, uh, but it creates good moments. It does. It creates 
such a good moment. So thank you everyone for for coming with us on our season one journey. Um, this is a reminder that I know we, this episode took a long time. These episodes, I should say, came uh, took a long time to come out. Um, we will be taking a small break again just to get season two to a place that we're really happy to get it released. Um, we don't know what day it is, but we will keep you guys posted on on the socials so make sure you follow us on our social segue <laughs> yes if you haven't already followed us on our socials what the heck are you doing go follow us on twitter on instagram at spookery podcast or go follow us on youtube at spookery podcast where all of the episodes are there they're just there ready for you to go listen and watch and you can click that little like button or that little subscribe button and that way you'll know mm-hmm. when we put out season two you'll just be informed that's how you stay informed yeah don't forget to ding that bell. Is that what the kids are saying? That's what days? the kids say is ding that bell. That's, you nailed ding it. Ding that bell. Sure. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for coming with us on our season one adventure. We will see you for season two, which may not be as far as you think it might be. We've got a, we're working on a lot behind the scenes. and Absolutely. It's going to be real. It's going to be something real special. That stuff is bubbling in the background. Ooh, it's bubbling. It's bubbling. You can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bless you. Excuse me. Try the demons are getting out. <laughs> Can't let them out. Gotta let them out.